Hi folks. The following episode was streamed live for the 2022 Terminal City Tabletop Convention. Check out the video on demand at twitch.tv slash terminalcitycon. Hello, I think we're live. Hi guys. Hello How's it everyone. Going? Thanks for thanks for the handover. The, we are the, the Omni Gamers Club podcast. Uh, I am Daniel Winter. And I'm Mark Yuasa. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, I mean you may you may know me from my uh, my solo content at Board Game Feast, but I guess uh, I can I can save more of that for tomorrow, perhaps. Today it's all about uh, the Omni Gamers. So normally we're a podcast every what we release every couple of weeks or so. Our twist being that we we generally release or well, we generally alternate between the digital and analog realms, and and we don't discriminate. So video games and board games uh, are all fair game for us. So we usually, yesterday, we'll try and uh, contain ourselves to to, to the uh, to the tabletop like realm, I guess. I like to think we cover some off the beat games, maybe not the biggest titles that are coming out at any given time. We don't discriminate in terms of time frame either. We tackle older games such as the one we're going to talk about today. Should we do a little bit of what you've been playing, Daniel? Yeah, let's just you know, answer some questions, see what, see what else we've been playing, because uh, what we're playing today is pretty short, teaching, teaching me how to play it aside. Uh, so what, what have you been playing lately? Yeah, well, I'm super excited, uh, based on our last uh, episode about the video game, which I'll just talk about for two seconds, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands that just came out yesterday. Played a bunch of hours yesterday, played an hour or so with my 10-year-old today. It was a blast. Love to talk more about it in the future. Uh, I got so much to say, but I'll, <laughs> I'll hold on to it for now. In terms of tabletop, I'm uh, pretty much sticking to uh, BGA in the age of COVID, but I'm trying out some, some not new titles to me, but some titles I haven't played in a while. I've been enjoying playing Century Spice Road and Keyflower on BGA, some games that I've enjoyed in the past and I uh, felt like I, I felt the hankering to play again and uh, along with that uh, Russian Railroads as well have you played any of those titles long time ago I played a little bit of Keyflower back in the day uh, it didn't particularly grab me it's hard to say what it is I just struggled to, to wrap my head around some of the uh, the strategies required in that one and Russian Railroads we've played a little bit online on BGA that was that was good fun so I, I look forward to trying that in in person one day as with most of those a lot of moving pieces which I guess is good for tracking information online but uh it'd be a fun one to, to get to the table sometime yeah Keyflower you have to play at least once in real time async mm. is not the best unless you're pretty intimately familiar with the over uh, overarching flow of the game but I'd be happy to teach you a game sometime it's it's really quite fun when you play it in person and uh, BGA is not bad either. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously been um, partaking in a lot of BGA myself. I made the mistake of entering a, uh, an Agricola tournament. Uh, I know you were just talking last episode about how you've played something like 200 games of Agricola online. So I'm, I'm quite intimidated to actually play against you. <laughs> I did but, preface that by saying 200 solo games of right, Agricola, yes, which is yes. a bit different. <laughs> well, I've been, th I've been thoroughly schooled so far. Uh, I think my, my first game... I lost by like I I had half of the points of my opponent, so that goes to show how badly that's going. Uh, but I've actually been quite lucky uh, after a pretty dry run of, of um, games in person. I actually got a couple of new games to the table this week. Uh, a, a neighbor had in June Imperium the the 
worker placement slash uh, deck building hybrid. You have to do, you have to differentiate because there's like half a dozen different June games out <laughs> now. Uh, but I, I, I played it a couple of times when it first came out. Oh, it must have been 2020, I think, around the same time as Arnak, which was our, our very first episode, and. It left me with some pretty mixed feelings, but I was reserving sort of making a declarative statement until I A, had seen the new movie and B, played it in person. And I've done both of those things. The the physical movie, sorry, the, the, the movie streamed, uh, hit streaming in Canada this last weekend. So I finally watched that and then immediately after went and played Dune Imperium. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. It, it, it landed a lot better for me this time. Uh, it's... It's definitely not as streamlined as, say, Arnak, and it runs a lot longer, certainly, but it feels like it has a lot more depth in each of its sort of components. In like the deck building feels more in depth, the worker placement feels has more depth, and so like, you've got the the, the combat uh, going. Like you've um, it's a whole little mini game of, of putting in 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 fighters to to have a, a big combat at the end of each round. I mean, it, it almost goes to the opposite end of something like uh, Arnak in that every, every single uh, location, this feels incredibly, it, it feels like the map theme comes before mechanics, if you know what I mean. Like they, they force everything to fit in around that theme so closely that it, it doesn't always necessarily feel balanced, but it is very much in theme with, with, with the, uh, with that Dune universe. So that was, that was good fun. I look forward to, to trying that again sometime. Yeah, I've played Dune Imperium exactly once, and um, I was familiar with the the subject material in terms of the book in the earlier iterations, and I thought it was nice and thematic. Uh, the conflict definitely with the sort of the warring was cool and something that Arnak doesn't have. So yeah, I'd definitely love to try it again. Yeah, I mean, this was this was, I was also playing with the the Rise of X expansion that came out last year it's, it's relatively recent uh which also sort of helped sand off a few of the rougher edges i thought the base game had so yeah definitely worth taking a look just quickly i'll cover i also had a chance to play creature comforts uh from kids kids table board games ktbg a uh sort of the sister company of burnt island one of my favorite publishers i think they're based out of toronto canadian canadian publisher and this is a sort of family imprint of games. And this is the first one I've, I've I tried from them. I slept on the Kickstarter, but uh, one of my friends fortunately backed it with the, the fully deluxe fired edition that's just dripping with, with theme, every wooden component. Uh, it's, 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 thematically, it's very similar to Everdell. So you, you're trading in berries and apples and mushrooms and uh, building little cabins for your wooden critters. Uh, it's a like, tiny little wheelbarrow tokens that you use to collect your your resources is just too too adorable. It was it was deeper than I expected for a, a family game. There's quite a, a bit going on across the board, but it's also very generous and it doesn't really punish you. There's always multiple ways you have to achieve what you want. So it was quite clever in that there is worker placement, but there's no you don't block each other off from like any any number of players can go to any any space, but you need dice to to Lock, to unlock those workers. So a particular space, this might need a four, a specific, specifically a four, this space might need two, two dice that add up to 11 or more. Uh, and so the, 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 the friction, instead of like fighting each other, is just do you have the right dice to unlock that space? But that also means you can, also, you can all be playing at the same time. 
So every player is placing their workers simultaneously, which keeps things moving at a nice breezy pace uh, while still having a little bit of tension from the sort of comboing the, the workers in the dice. So I thought that was quite clever. Wow, that sounds that sounds pretty uh, sophisticated. It's not a kid's game then, I, I assume. No, I mean, for, old, for older kids, I guess, I don't know what the exact age I'm, I'm saying. I'm guessing probably like 10 plus or something like that. It's a, it's a family weight game, but there, there, there is quite a bit going on. But as I said, you, regardless of what you do, you're not going to, there's going to be multiple ways to achieve what you need. So it's it's not going to punish you and then lock you off from, from anything really. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'd like to check that out, especially with my kids, uh, seven and 10. Totally. Seems like the right ages. Hmm. Um, that dice mechanic uh, reminded me a bit of an old school game called Kingsburg. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. I saw that comparison. I've not played that for 10 years or something. I do remember quite liking that. I have vague memories. I think Marco Polo does something similar with dice placement, perhaps. I don't remember. It's been too long since I played that as well. But uh, I think I think Kingsburg, I've definitely seen it compared to. Very cool. What do you think? Are you ready to move into our main segment? Oh, I guess so. I mean, I'm ready to lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't lose when you're learning a new skill, right? You're learning a new game. Yes. But before we start that, I would be remiss to say some thanks to uh, Andrea uh, for inviting us to be on the TCTC stream. Very excited to be here for Terminal City. I mean, I love to go in person. I'm wearing my Collector's Item 2020 shirt. Uh, from the the first virtual one. So I'm really excited to be here uh, again, virtually streaming uh, for TCTC. I sent you an invite for the virtual, but I do have some real world uh, favors here. So this is my copy of Lost Cities. This is the old art. So if you're looking for it, (laughs) make sure to check out the new artwork, but it's in the same two player Cosmo style box. Um, This one's a real treat. Perfect for couples um, or uh, good friends. And the game, a round of it plays in about 10 minutes. So I would uh, highly recommend this game for one of those, you know, best out of three, best out of five type games. (laughs) Uh, It's composed of mostly just simple cards, but it does come with this uh, cardboard uh, trifold here. It's it's really superfluous. You don't have to take this with you if you want to take this game on vacation or something just put the cards in a ziploc and you should be fine it's just a little visual aid there uh, the main component is these big chunky cards like the tarot size cards right yeah that's right and the artwork on them is really quite beautiful the game consists of five suits of cards of numbered cards numbered from two to ten so you you can almost play this with uh, uh just a standard card deck but uh, just like our good friend Reiner Knizia's other games, that's the designer, by the way, Reiner Knizia's, a lot of numbers involved, but it's it still plays really fluidly. So there's going to be a set of, of cards valued 2 to 10 in all of the five suits colors. Additionally, you're going to find three of these little handshake cards. Think of them as kind of like a gamble. So they're a bit risky, but I'll show you how that works in just a moment. So that's it in terms of the physical components. Let's jump over the, to BGA then. We should just give a couple of, of quick uh, rundown here. This game was originally released in 99. So that, that makes it nearly as old as me, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, over 20 years old now. So it's been, it's been around quite, quite a while, though there's been quite a few different implementations as well. Uh, I know, I mean, of, of both of, the, of this game, they recently came up with a new edition 
I believe it's still by the same publisher, Cosmos, but with uh, the artwork by Vincent Dutrait, uh, which looks quite lovely. So I might have to see if I can track that down. Uh, but there's, there've also been, I know there was a board game version. There's a dice version. There's a, a roll and write version that came out last year, I think. Uh, oh, there's so, so many <laughs> extensions, expansions. So don't be confused. This is Lost Cities, the card game we're playing. Uh, like Daniel said, there's a roll and write. And also the most confusing is that there is a Lost Cities, the board game, which is a card game up to game. four players. <laughs> Uh, whereas we're playing the strictly two-player version of the game. So do do be aware of that if you're seeking this out. Uh, but this is just a fantastic game for, for couples, like I said, or taking uh, on a vacation. Okay, why don't I do a little bit of the explanation first Okay. Uh, while that's happening. So I, I told you that there's five suits uh, in the five different colors, and then there's those three little, um, I think they're called negotiation cards. You can kind of think of them as multipliers. So... You're going to get a dealt. Uh, you're going to get dealt a hand of cards, and of course it's random, so you don't know what you're going to get. I think it's eight cards you get initially, and the tricky thing about this game is that it's good if you have the high value cards in your opening hand, but it's also good if you have the low value cards. Of course, it's not never going to be quite simple. <laughs> the goal I will say in this game is that ultimately you cannot win in all five suits. That's just guaranteed. It's not going to happen. There's only 44 cards in the deck, as you see here, and you're going to have, uh, we're going to take alternating turns. So you're only going to get 20, 20 cards laid out on the table about, okay? So just keep that in mind. So really you want to win in about two or three suits. You might even win the game by winning in one suit, but do not specialize in more than that. Okay. So that's going to be my firm advice there. And how do you win in a suit? Like a lot of Reiner Knizia games, this game, is, it's about uh, numbers and risk. So in every suit that you play a card in, you're scoring negative 20 points. Okay? So <laughs> you just start out in, in debt. But I, I notice how I said that you play a card in. You don't have to play a card in every suit. Okay? Just remember that. But as soon as you play even just one card, you're negative 20 points. So to actually win, the, the theme is that we're like competing uh, explorers, archaeologists in Indiana Jones times, uh, turn of the 20th century, seeking uh, artifacts to plunder from native peoples uh, all over the world. So equal <laughs> opportunity exploitation here. <laughs> You'll notice if you look at the, the board that we have a sort of Egyptian hieroglyphs in the yellow. You got some uh, Atlantean type theme, underwater theme in the blue. You got the snowy Himalayan climbs in the white. You got the jungle foresty uh, Mayan kind of temples in the green. And then you have this like kind of hell hellish scape <laughs> kind of Mars surface in the red. One of these is not like the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't really get that. <laughs> so a little bit of crafty in mythos, obviously. <laughs> You're really exploring here. Uh, so how you win in this is you to even break even, to make a profit, to score any points, you have to get greater than 20 in the particular color you're playing in, okay? So say, I'm guessing you have a couple of low cards and you have a couple of high cards. If you have a color that you're close to 20 in, you're pretty good. You'll probably want to go in that color. If you have a couple of a suit that you have maybe the two, three, and the four or five or some of the lower cards in, that might be a good option too. Kind of keep in mind a suit to start with. You have to choose at least one to, to score some points. 
Um, and here's how the flow of the game is going to work. Uh, it looks like you're first. So what's going to happen is on every turn, we're going to take alternating turns. You have to put a card down and then you may, and then you have to pick up a card. Okay. In each suit, there's two places you can put it. There's the sort of the neutral strip in the middle, and then there's your side of the board. Okay. So like you and I both, both might be competing for the yellow suit as an example, but one of us is going to win. <laughs> but we don't really know that because we don't know what the cards available are, okay? All the cards are going to come out, but I don't know which ones you have, you don't know which ones I have. With your first card, you can put it down either in the neutral area in the middle, which scores you nothing, by the way. It's just like the trash pile for that given suit. Right. If you put a card there, it doesn't count negative towards you. You haven't played a uh, card in that suit yet. Okay. This is it's a literal, okay. Yeah, it's a literal discard pile for that suit. So if you put it there, that's fine. That can count as your play. Or you may choose, to, if you're confident in a suit, you may choose a card uh, and place it on your side of the board, which it won't let you put it on mine. So, so you're fine. Just So either trash or score towards you. So you're going to put a card down and then you're going to pick a card up. But note that the card you can pick up could be from the deck, but it could also be from one of the trash piles. Mm, okay. So if I put a card down that might not be useful for me, it might be useful for you. So keep that in mind that any card that you give up might be helping the other guy in a sense. So that's one of the tricky factors of this game. The other tricky factor of this game is that you can only play cards from low value to high. So oh. say that you had a, I don't know, a yellow five, okay? If you put down a yellow five as your first card, you can't then put down a yellow two. The two, three, four are no longer available for you to play. So you have to start somewhere. So you probably don't want to start by putting down a 10 because you, the highest you could score is 20, right? You have to score 20 plus. So don't put down a 10 as your first card. But you might have to put down an eight as your first card, for instance, because if you can put down an eight and then a nine and then a 10, you've scored yourself 27 points. You're in the green. <laughs> Minus 20 is seven points. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So the trick is you got to put them down in ascending value and um, anything above 20 is, is, is profit. But we're each keeping our own uh, ascending piles that are separate from each other. Exactly. But okay. you get to see how, what I'm building because it's, yes. it's open yep. information after I've placed it. So that's the core of the game. Now, what about these negotiation cards? You know, the handshake cards? Mm. Like I said, they're a gamble. There's three of them per color. So there's three in each suit. So in, say, the yellow suit, there's three yellow handshake cards. If you're going to use them, you have to use them first. Okay. So if you put down that yellow five, you can't play any of the handshakes after that. They have to be played down first. And when you put a handshake down in a column on your side of it, that means you are doubling, you're doubling the bet that you're going to score points there. So whatever in that previous examples, I said you played an eight, nine, and a 10, you'd score 27 minus 20 is a net profit of seven points, right? Mm -hmm. If you played one handshake card, it would double the seven points. 
if you score, if you put down another handshake card, it would triple. Oh wow! And if you put the third handshake card, it would quadruple the the points. But the the risky <laughs> factor here is if you score negative points, it multiplies the negative points. Does that make so sense? It, it it multiplies the the difference after twenty. So it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't just um, multiply all values, just the difference after you've multiplied the twenty, right? That's right. Okay. Yes. So what whatever the final score is after that twenty has been taken off of it, it will multiply that either way, whether negative or positive. Okay. So don't put a negotiation card. Don't put a handshake card down unless you're pretty sure that you're going to do well in that color. All right. Does that sound fair? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So once again, have to play cards ascending. <laughs> Negotiation cards have to come first. On your turn, you have to put down a card and then pick up a card. And you can put a card into the neutral trash pile, which doesn't belong to you, or on your side of the track, if you're confident you're going to score. And that's basically the game. The game ends, the, the, the round ends when the last card of the deck uh, is played. And of course, you know, you could be drawing from the trash pile. So rounds can actually be a, long, a little longer, a little shorter, but ultimately they're going to be about 10 minutes. Okay. So here's yeah. a question. Say we're, we're both bidding on yellow. We both mm -hmm. have managed to get positive. Like we both have 20 plus points on yellow. Yeah. Like, does, it, does it matter who wins that? Or do we both just get us to get that the, the, the respective number of points regardless? Both players will score points. Okay, so you don't if, win if they're positive. Okay. Yeah, there, there's there's only competition in the sense that you're used competing for the resources, but there is no winner of yellow except the person. Both players can score points. Okay. All right. So uh, I believe it's your turn. Excellent. Well, uh, ask any questions, uh, but you got to put a card down. <laughs> let me come out of the gate with a bad play, probably. But uh, I, I've got a pretty good spread across the suits, so I'm not particularly strong at any one of them. So I'm just going to dump this for now and hope right. it's getting better. Excellent. So good play. So that's a neutral. That's a neutral card. So on my turn, I may pick that up if I'm even going for red, but I might not be. As you said, um, you said it's good to have lots of low cards and lots of high cards. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't have how valuable the fives and sixes are. <laughs> so the bad part about the good part of having good high cards is that they're going to score you points. But the bad part is they take up space in your hand until you can put out the low cards. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to put. I'm going to start off with a multiplier. Oh, okay. Because I feel pretty. You, you can assume I feel pretty good about that color. Uh, since we're making deals over here, I'm going to bet bid on oh. yellow. Uh, for the po folks at home, basically, Daniel and I have sort of invested in two different colors. I'm going for green, <laughs> Daniel's going for yellow. Presumably, uh, I could be wrong. Um, so I'm going to put a card down. I'm going to continue in green. So like I said, two is the lowest value. So if you have a two, you can feel pretty sure about putting it down. That's, that's, that's the lowest card you can play. Uh, if you have a three, that's not a bad place to start either, because missing two points, that's not the worst thing. I, I've currently got minus 40 points. Mm -hmm. So did that count when I put the red one down? Remember I said, if you put any cards in a column, you get negative 20 points. Yes. And then at the end of the game, any uh, negotiation cards are going to double whatever. Oh, the, so it's, it's doubling the, the negative for yellow. Okay. It's, so yeah. it's assuming you will never put any more cards in yellow. <laughs> okay. 
that well, the other question I forgot to, to clarify is when does the game end? The game ends when uh, someone plays their last card and picks up the last card in the deck. Oh, so we are going to play through the whole deck. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We are going to play through the whole deck. And that's kind of the beauty of this game is that it's sort of like mind reading. It's like, what is it going for? <laughs> What's left in the deck? I'm going to hold out and gamble that he doesn't have anything in this color, but all the good cards are in the deck. And then then you have to do stuff like hold on to cards you're not going for because you don't want me to get them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, sort of like a little, like a two-player draft kind of. It's reminding me a little bit of uh, Arboretum a, a little okay. bit. Uh, it, it has more of a spatial element in, in how you're uh, playing the cards into, into a grid. But similar uh, sort of, you, you can discard cards into other players' uh, piles that, you can you can draw from other players' discard piles, basically. Uh, so trying to hold cards in your hand to to hide them uh, is is a big is a big element. So uh, if you didn't want that red five, I'm going to bid on you not wanting a red three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting gamble. Yeah, we're talking. Okay. Now I might want to go for that three, right? Because I can only pick the top card in a discard pile, right? So maybe I was waiting for lower value, but you never really know. What I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to put down here. So basically, I'm, uh, I put the green negotiation card. I put down the two. I put down a four because three points. I don't really care if I miss three points. <laughs> do I want that red card is the question. Because you put down a three and a five. Uh, do I really care? No, I want to see what's in the deck. <laughs> uh, that three is not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could just draw the, a card back. You could sort of try and... and, and Bluff to see if they want the card at all and then once you know they don't want it draw it back into your hand again <laughs> well the uh, fates can change like a like a <laughs> uh, expedition into the jungle fates can change at a moment you could get that one high card in a color which adds to another high card in a color and then now you have a fighting chance in that suit I'm, I'm, I'm feeling awfully jealous of all your green cards over there so I'm going to uh, come over oh, too. interesting <laughs> So well, you're, you you have to play something, right? From yeah, this game? and that's the kind of the it's a hand management game. I'm not liking my options here, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and for such an old game like 1999, this is 23 years old. This is such a seminal game, such a seminal game not only for you know board games, but for Reiner Knizia. He's extended this mechanism in so many of his other games. Some players might be familiar with, uh, some European players might be familiar with his game Keltis, which uh, borrows a similar uh, concept of the sort of the number tracks that you have to build up. Uh, and Lost City is the board game, literally, you, you build up, but there's a little bit more risk and reward. Yeah, I, I can definitely see its evolutionary uh, history where it's like inspired other games, like Arboretum, for example, and... Uh... Other hand management games. I've not played many of, of Rainer Knizia's games, other than uh, as discussed in the podcast. I've been playing a lot of My City. <laughs> He's a sort of legacy game. Yeah, Rainer Knizia games. Like uh, I think I got bought into them fairly hard early on, in when I was learning games in like the I guess the mid to late two thousands, uh, because you know they're they're fairly easy to sort of wrap your head around, except for the scoring. The scoring is a little funky on some of their, uh, his games. Yeah, I can see the this one being quite tricky 
the maths of, of, of calculating and especially with, with doubling and tripling numbers arguing being a little fiddly on on with the physical board uh but that's it's one of those few games actually work could work even better on bga where all that is done for you so- Daniel and I have both played cards into yellow. So you can presume that we have cards that are roughly close to 20. Uh, that's that's, that's the, the gamble you're going for when you put cards down is that you can get to 20 or higher. So either he's got them, he's thinking the same thing of me, either he's got them <laughs> or he thinks he's going to get them. All right. So what am I going to do here? I'm going to put down this one. Because it sounds like no one's going for red. I put down a red negotiation card. I want to pick up that uh, blue seven you put down. I, I like the looks of that. I think I may have goofed there. Okay. Um, Generally don't want to throw out high value cards. Just because even if they don't help you, they might help the other guy. Yeah. Well, I figured if you had high blue, you would have played that too. But Could. maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're fishing. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> yeah. of uh, the the Atlantis theme, there. Uh, okay, uh, I, again, not liking my options, so I'm gonna have to to start playing something here. Oh, interesting. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. It tells me you got something in in green, so you're invested in yellow and green, and I'm both invested in yellow and green, which is kind of funky. That's <laughs> not that common. One one okay. of us is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so we're I, I would say we're, we're about you know like a third of the way through a game about halfway through we're taking our time that's fine but at this point after a few plays you're going to want to look at the card deck so the deck has mm. 30 cards in it so you got to estimate that you have roughly 15 turns maybe you got 16 because one of us could pull from the trash right but assume that you're going to get you have to get the cards out you have to leave yourself time to get those cards in the columns so don't wait too long keeping that in mind i'm gonna uh uh, put that green six down knowing i can't wait around for the five to show up (laughs) uh starting to see some of the depths of the strategy already okay yeah this is a game best played with someone you know fairly well like you and i are podcast partners but uh it's all dump on uh, red (laughs) If you play it with a good friend or a partner, like your um, significant other, it's all the better because, you know, just mind games, right? It's just light, light, light mind game. Yeah, I can see it building up quite a bit of uh, rivalry. (laughs) Yeah, you're basically like, are are you going to do it? Does he have it? Does he not have it? That's the fun of it. Oh, okay. That's all right. So that's close to 20. Yeah, getting there. I don't know how confident I am in finding one, one of those other two, though. So even if you scored a multiplier, if you can get the negative small, the multiplied negative is not so bad, right? Mm. Okay. Also, as the game progresses and the other player, the both players have played out multiple cards, you know that you are starting to get cards that you know you can easily trash. Yes. The players yeah. have put down cards in a suit. You can throw out the multipliers, the 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 negotiation cards freely. No one no one wants them at that point. Same time, it feels a bit of a waste to trash too many cards. I just, just in terms of the time, time um, economy. <laughs> yeah, it's at this point we have about 12, 12 cards left. So, like, you got a little bit of wiggle room, but yeah, you can't wait too long for sure. So, for the people at home oh. uh, on on audio, oh. Daniel's and I are still competing in the same two colors. 
<laughs> no one's willing to oh, okay. oh, Someone's finally coming to red. Okay. My last draw might have may have changed things though. Not sure if it changes things enough, but interesting. Yeah, you see how I now I committed to my third color, my score is way bigger in the negative. Yeah. Well now that I need to I need to commit to something. Yeah, you need to Rather win the two colors you started, or commit to something else that you can win. Yeah, winning winning is a strong word. <laughs> uh, Ooh, going for blue. So I doubled down on red, put two negotiation negotiation cards, and now my score is in the negative eighties. <laughs> well, I'm not losing, so that's something. <laughs> uh, much, I didn't want to really show my hand here, but uh, in the interest of not discarding other cards in my hand, I'm going to play that, draw that. Well, I'll show my hand too. Basically... Mm, there it is, yeah. Yeah, I put down the green 10. So basically, I haven't seen which cards Daniel picked up. I, I tell there was no... There's no point in waiting around. I had the next logical mm. card. I put it down. So now there's no reason for Daniel to wait around either. See, I, I had color. the seven, eight, nine from the beginning, but it, it, even if I if I play the seven, it's still worth me holding on to the eight, and nine in my hand, so that to let you think that you might be able to find them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as you saw, like I think my multiplier for green was the first card I put down because I had the like the two four, the two four six or something. So that's like. A pretty good start, right? So we're pulling less cards from the, uh, the trash, and now we're putting putting more cards from the deck. So the game, the the round is going to wrap up pretty quick at this point. Yeah, I can see that. And that's basically how this game goes: is that you, once you're comfortable with the flow of it, it just goes so fast. You can mm -hmm. sit amiably with your partner, with your friend, <laughs> over a couple of rounds of this with a nice drink. And you don't have to say a lot, and it's just really pleasant company, um, pleasant way to pass some time. I feel right now it feels pretty, not quite inevitable, but like I know what I'm going to do for the rest of the game. So it's just a matter of playing it out short of any any big upsets. <laughs> Definitely keep an eye on the size of the remaining deck. It's got 16 cards yeah. now, but that could go quick. Okay, how many turns we have left here? Okay, might be a bit late to start doing this, but... Let's go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Going for a fourth color. Yeah, yellow, yellow is not paying off for me. <laughs> uh, so I need I need to get some points somewhere. Uh, yep. I know the, the first thing that you said, don't do this. And I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> don't go for just, every just color. Just watch yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, so 12 cards left in the pile. The round is almost over. Daniel's uh, <laughs> just jumping on a fourth color. Well, you know what? Just like a real life expedition, you gotta you gotta go big or go home. You gotta roll with the punches, uh, or the the giant boulders. <laughs> what what may come? Yeah, just like a lot of Renner Knizia's games, you could argue that this theme is painted on. I think it's painted on pretty thinly, but it's still exciting. I think it's still exciting in its in a fairly chill way, a fairly uh, casual way. Yeah, so many of his games have just been like rethemed completely because they're, they're so abstract and that's generally not been my my first preference for games mm, yeah i've now got more cards to play than i have turns to do so yeah, i guess i really have to time we'll have to match this out now stuck there. 
Oh, there's a big jumping points. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you've got two handshakes on that. Okay. Well, it was to be expected. Yeah, that was a late game decision, too, as you recall. Nobody was going for red for a while there. <laughs> we, we, we dumped so much on red that it was basically free for the pickings. Exactly. Now, here's a question. Can I drag the game out any longer by not taking from the draw pile? You <laughs> could. Yeah, yeah, you could. If you don't need to get uh, certain cards in a color, absolutely. You could I have the cards I need. Just draw from the, draw from the discards. Yeah, so that, that is basically the only lever you have to sort of extend the game. Now to play my last cards. Oh, you still had more up your sleeve? Wow. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Okay. Came in at the last moment. Oh, I, I'm just happy to not be in the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything else. I could, I could have played another card, obviously, but I've, I've, um, I wasn't expecting to have another turn. So uh, I guess I'll just dump. Oh, all right, so you, you got in the positives. That's not bad. <laughs> Could have been worse. <laughs> Could have been worse. So that's a round of Lost Cities. Honestly, yeah, if, if you know the rules, it really goes fast. 10 minutes is easy and you can get, yeah, like I said, best two out of three uh, is a really fun evening uh, with uh, someone you know. Uh, and it's so compact. This game is, um, you know, I I really like it. I, I think it's got a lot of legs uh, for a casual light game. Absolutely, yeah. It's I know I know you've spoken in in the past in the podcast about really digging the games that where you can read your opponents, and that, that's not something I've, I've necessarily leaned into much in the past. But I can really see uh, that here. So if you're playing with the same person over and over again, there's not there's not necessarily much replayability like you're not going to see much variety in the in the mechanics game to game obviously but how you interact with the with your opponent is going to shift quite a bit yeah so if you're really into those head-on-head challenges i can see that being quite uh i mean yeah you can you can play it quite casually i guess or, or quite aggressively <laughs> at the same time so exactly because yeah. no best out of five best out of seven <laughs> Yeah, that's why I recommend this one. Uh, I thought with with the stream, we could do a light, short game. This is one I highly recommend. Yeah, you're right. I like those games where you could sort of um, sort of play the other player, right? Is 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 play more with reading their mind, which I'm not, I'm not actually really good at with larger <laughs> player counts, right? Mm. You know me, Race for the Galaxy, Seven Wonders. I can't really keep track of what other players are going for in multiplayer games but in a two-player game you only have one opponent to keep track of so uh, it's i think that is a lot more possible is to read the other player's mind and see their play with a kind of risk tolerance yeah i've, I've really come to appreciate two-player games it's not something i've played much of in the past but partly the limitations of lockdown uh and we, and we know we covered uh seven wonders duel recently on the podcast which is a, right. a, a now a favorite of mine and it, uh, that, that doesn't quite have so much of the reading the opponent but more just the direct like, you can really focus on what they're trying to do and trying to counter that rather than being spread across multiple opponents really zeroing in on on one other player can has can open up a whole bunch of other strategies yeah, Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, we talked about it a whole episode, but uh, I think that game is 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 all, really a lot about reading the game state. Mm, more than I don't know part, how much yeah. you can really read into the other player. I suppose you could say, well, they're going to go for this card. That's about the best you can do because it's a it's a draft, right? 
Yeah, but it, it does mean you can somewhat math out the board states a bit more than in a, in a seven-player, seven-wonders game. <laughs> right. In this game, Lost Cities, the card game, there's a healthy uh, uh, amount of chance, obviously, because mm. you're always playing with the, the deck. You're competing against the deck, basically, holding out hope that you're going to get the right cards, and you're also competing against your opponent. So those two things, if you can track them, I mean, it's not a card-counting game by any means, but... When I play it, I like to get a sense of, you know, play with the probabilities, right? Light probabilities, just just enough brain work that, that it keeps it fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I like it. Yeah, I'll have to, um, speaking of, of Andrea from Rain City Games, uh, who, who they just posted out in the, in, the, in the comments, we'll have to ask if she, maybe she can tell us if they've got the, if they've got it in stock. I'm, I'm curious to find the, the, the new edition with the Vincent Dutrait artwork. Who's uh, a new, right. new favorite artist of mine? Um, but or like the board game, or the rolling right? Well, yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things about the rolling right. I'm, I'll have to see if I can track that track that down as well. Uh, but I guess we should start wrapping up. Yeah, let's wrap it up there. Let's talk about the next game we're going to cover, which I think we we have a rough idea of. We didn't agree beforehand, but uh, this will be fun. Yes, yeah. Well, we've um, I mean we've discussed this a little bit on the podcast previously. And I mean, we are we are dipping back in, onto the the digital side of the coin for our next episode, and we're going to be looking at Guardians of the Galaxy, the the video game from last year. Uh, I discussed that a little bit uh, on the podcast previously because uh, we we discussed the the Avengers video game uh, right. a couple a few episodes ago. And I'd played this this Guardians of the Galaxy game earlier this year, but it's now hit Game Pass. Uh, we we are both um, ter- terrible um, terrible shills. From yes, Microsoft, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, throw a coin in the, in the in the Game Pass bucket. Um, we we it's so it's out on Game Pass, so you can all play along if you, if you wish and and join the comments and discussions. So Mark's now been playing that as well, and so we'll Chapter be discussing. 10 or so. Excellent. There are quite a few chapters in that game, though. It's longer than you'd think. 16 in here. <laughs> so, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of weeks, I guess, from now, we'll be discussing that. Yeah, that was fun. Well, I want to thank uh, Andrew again for inviting us on TCTC um, for another year. This is exciting. I look forward to see. I guess you have another screen, uh, stream you're going to tell people about uh, in a moment. Yes, yeah, I'll be joining Dennis uh, Quaidrain, uh, one of the uh, the, the TCTC uh, favorites. He's, he's, he's usually, I think, I'm sure everyone who's been to TCTC will, will know Dennis. Uh, that's certainly where I met him. But we, we'll be baking um, some game day treats tomorrow. He's he's been doing some some cooking streams on Twitch, which I'm a big fan of. So I've invited him into my own kitchen and we're gonna we're gonna bake together in in one place it's something i've been wanting to do for a long time now since i started my my board game feast content so we're going to be baking them from the kitchen that's tomorrow morning at 9 30 a.m pacific time time yeah we're gonna, we're gonna bake a little treat to pair with that so stay tuned i guess i'll catch you tomorrow morning <laughs> Very nice. I'll just say, um, for those unaware, uh, catch us at Tesco's Game. I'm uh, sorry, catch me <laughs> at Tesco's Games on Twitter. We are uh, Mark and Daniel from the Omni Gamers Club podcast. You can catch up at uh, catch us at omnigamers.club on the internet, and then we're on obviously um, Apple and uh, Spotify and wherever you your get your podcasts. Of, of choice, yeah. <laughs> 